Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got her with punishment. Young is discovered that fucking is the one we come to win. Others in love with the front of this family that's running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them loving it. to 48 minutes episode 20 i'm one of your hosts alex derrickson and joined this week by the one the only tim daniel hey buddy hey how are yous good good Did you have a good thanksgiving man i had a great one Did you eat a lot of turkey i did and then i could not sleep you know how turkey's supposed to like normally knock you out you have to eat like a whole turkey for that though yeah yeah so what i did because i couldn't fall asleep was i was the jerk <clears throat> that went out shopping at 11 o'clock at night oh god dude i'm telling you i will okay. do that for now on well no you worked it for how long right yeah 10 years how dare you i know i know i know and saboteur so this is like i go to best buy at like 11 o'clock and I grab what I need, and I literally am talking to an associate. I'm like, thank you for being open. I really appreciate you working here. And I was like, that was just my Black Friday like of my experience being like, I understand. Right. Yeah. Because it's hard to be like, I get why you're – like, I understand you're probably very upset right now, but my being exactly. here isn't helping. <laughs> exactly. But I couldn't pass it up because I got way too good of a deal on Beats headphones, and I know I'm an awful person, but that's okay. What I mean, it's it's the thing that happens. I I spent my Thanksgiving. I had two Thanksgivings actually. That's that's if if Married you're listening. Life. Yes, yes. But if you're if you're listening and you're wondering where we were last week, it was. Uh, and if you're not stateside, uh, it, it was Thanksgiving, which is where we celebrate a whole host of bizarre things in American history all all at once. Uh, it's also a good time for, for family getting. But we uh, we had our normal Thanksgiving on Thursday. Then Saturday, we went to my parents, where I I, I took charge in, in making the turkey. It was my first turkey-making experience. It looked great. Oh, it, it, thank you. It tasted great. Uh, you can look at it at Instagram.com slash PressXToAlex or uh, hashtag AlexCooks. But... Uh, yeah, it, it it turned out real well. I got I got a bit of a frighten because it was supposed to take four hours to cook, and it took two and a half. And I thought something went horribly wrong, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what caused it. I don't know where the disparity in the time went, but it was delicious, and I, I was very relieved. It was very good. Had my hand up a turkey's butt way more often than I thought I was ever going to in my life. But that's neither good. here nor there because this is 48 Minutes. It is the NBA conversational podcast that you don't know if we're wearing clothes or not because it's audio. Sometimes it might be done in our underwear. Who's to tell? But if you like what you hear and you want to hear with your eyes, you can go to 48minutesnetwork.com where you can check out all the goodies we've had up for you over the last few months since we've been doing this. And, as always, please, thank you for listening. If you like us, Give us a review on iTunes. Help us get found. Share us with your friends and your family. It means the absolute world to us and helps keep these mics powered. Uh, as you can tell, we're down Sean tonight. It is his quinceanera uh, yeah. this evening, so he will he will not be here. So happy birthday to Sean. Turn in, turn in the big old 15-year-old boy he is now. So uh, <laughs> happy birthday. And uh, just a bit of housekeeping before we get started. 
should have a new Court Stormers up for you by the time you hear this. So that's going to be exciting. So if you want that smooth jazz, I'm Mike Canizales, bebopping and scatting in your ears. Make sure you subscribe to Court Stormers on its own separate podcast feed as Like Us, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Tim. Alex. We, we missed a week. A granted lot. that Granted, that week was a touch on the slow side. I, I don't think I don't think it it damaged us in any way, you know, sitting out for the holidays. But uh, no. we'll we'll get started. We can just get right into this with the, with our topic of the show. Do 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 do. Uh, David Fisdale, in his second year as head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies, the most roster continuous of the NBA up until the start of this season. To the surprise of no one, after losing two players, well, I guess to the surprise of most people, but you can kind of see the dominoes falling is where I'm going. David Fisdale is fired in his second year of head coach of Memphis Grizzlies, to the surprise throughout the league and throughout the Twitter sphere and, and the newswire. I don't know what other buzzwords I can toss around here. Uh, Memphis kind of off to a slow start. Marcus Saul possibly unhappy. But you go down Tony Allen, you go down Zach Randolph, who were kind of the linchpins, I felt like, of that lineup, as we've talked so much right, about glue yeah. guys. Uh, Fizdale's kind of the fall guy in this, wouldn't you say? Completely. And you didn't even mention, too, Vince Carter losing his veteran leadership and athleticism off the bench. Sure. has been huge for them as well. Um, yeah, man, it's crazy. It's sad. Uh, I'm a big Fizdale guy. I think we talked about that quite a bit last year. Um, I was a, the biggest fan of the Take That for Data podcast. I really want a t-shirt still. Any Grizzlies fans want to send that my way? We'll get my address on there. But it definitely felt like he was the fall guy. Um, and you kind of see that throughout the league, too, just how respected he is when a bunch of players are coming out and supporting him. Guys like Wade, LeBron, etc. Um, they said they didn't agree with this. Steven Jackson coming out and blaming Chandler Parsons for all of this. Um, it seems like Fisdale's a guy that is probably going to land on his feet pretty quickly. He might do ESPN for this year or something mm-hmm. like that. And then next year, probably be back in the coaching lo- uh, searches for sure. I mean, it's a bad, it's a weird world, Alex, where David Fisdale's not a coach in the NBA, but some reason Fred Hoiberg still is. You know, I, w- I wasn't going to go there, but that's that's where we went with. I was going to say with the Bret Hart music playing in the back. You know, like it's <laughs> there, there's a three and sixteen team in the Midwest that could probably use a David Fisdale on their bench. Oh man, there's not but, just that. There's um. There's this team in that same Midwest, like up north, that could really help out their coach that has that's showing his flaws in regards to his team's mm-hmm. victories right now. Mm-hmm. That is true, but yeah, like you said, I think he's going to bounce back just fine. Uh, I think he's he's become the most eligible uh, NBA bachelor in in the league in terms of coaching. But uh, yeah, just weird. I mean, it's it's crazy because I know I spent so much of last season talking about you know roster continuity and that you got to replace. The, you have to replace players with the right players and not just players of the same position and everything. And, and when you lose, you know, guys like Randolph and Tony Allen, who the GMs have already come out and been like, yes, their jerseys will be retired, like in the FedEx form, which is, I mean, huge, especially for a guy like Tony Allen, who you typically wouldn't expect, you know, like he's just such a crucial part part of, of the Memphis legacy. For it to fall on Fisdale, it's it's... It portends strangely, I think, for Memphis because or it doesn't portend well, I guess, because 
you're going to start seeing that was kind of, I think, the first and really the most surprising domino to start falling for what's probably going to be the rest of Memphis this season. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because there's a lot of things that play a part in this, obviously. One, Mike Conley being hurt certainly doesn't help by any means. In perpetuity being hurt. Yeah. Man's always hurt. God, tell me about it. Um, Two, you know, they're not very deep anymore. Like you said, man, losing Tony Allen, losing Zach Randolph, Vince Carter... Their bench isn't super stacked anymore. You've got, like, young players that aren't very developed, guys like Wade Baldwin, Harrison, but those guys aren't guys you can count on yet, and I think we're going to see a lot of that coming up, especially now. And and with, you know, Gasol being 33, mm-hmm. like, he's he's only got, and I mean, big guys like him don't last that long. Not everybody's going to, you know, put 20 years in like Dirk. Uh so I think you get a guy like Gasol who's only going up there in age, you're going to start kind of seeing Memphis reshuffling. And I, I don't think they're going to be as lucky as they've been. Because no, I, I think I if you're going to have a team that's almost on the verge of collapsing in on itself, like like they appear to be, like like their leadership's kind of taking them, the biggest person to have retained through all of that I think should have been Fisdale, not been the first person to go. I agree completely. Um, I feel like that was kind of, I thought his plan was great. Obviously he gave great soundbite press conferences. So I think he's a good leader. I think he's a guy which we really loved and he's going to have guys that have his back. Um, especially having a guy like Eric Spolstra having your back. That's going to make a lot of teams who are going to need coaches next year. Really want to have you around. Um, I'm with you, man. I think he falls on his feet and this is just a shame that this happened to him because I think he was the guy that should have kept it together. Yeah, I, I think this is a, a definitely a misstep in Memphis. I may change the episode title. Is that like walking know. in Memphis, but misstep in Memphis? No, it's more like rocking, walking tall with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, how could, how dare you? Where where were you on that one, Tim? But uh, yeah, so it's it's gonna be interesting. Memphis, it's all of a sudden like my attention's kind of shifted to to what Memphis is gonna be doing. Uh, because, like you said, with Conley, you know, being off and on hurt, especially after signing that extent, signing you know, the, the the extension and everything, I could see Gasol getting moved. Uh, yeah, you know, and I, I think it's a situation where, yeah, Memphis, like I said, Memphis is going to get reshuffled in a way, and I don't think they're going to come out of the other end of it okay. But, I don't either. I think yeah. this is definitely the end of the playoff run. Obviously. Um. This might be the beginning of the Memphis Trojans picking in the lottery, which, oh yeah, go look at their lot their draft pick history besides Mike Conley and Marcus Saul in the last, like, decade. It's atrocious. Right. Yeah. I mean, they they kind of got I mean, they got lucky trading Pau Gasol for Marcus Saul, I feel like. Yes. Um, like, that. in the end, that deal balanced out. Right. Yes, but that at, one did. At, at the time... Given what you know, Chicago was rumored to be offering and things like that, like that that deal was L.A. getting Pau Gasol for a song. Yeah, basically. And then uh, don't forget that's also the team that drafted Kevin Love and traded under the Timberwolves on draft day. Hey, they got O.J. Mayo. Yeah, yeah you know, that's whatever. It worked out for somebody. Yeah, I guess he'll be back next year. It worked out for Kevin Love, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> But yeah, so hopefully Fisdale will land on his feet. I think it's to be expected. I think you're right in saying he'll end up more on the broadcast side of things for the, for the last you know three quarters of the season. But I 
he'll be on a bench somewhere coaching so, like next year. Probably Absolutely. he will probably be one of the first hires, I would think. But Completely we'll agree. see. We'll see. We went we went a whole season last year without a firing. Now we've already two got two in, in the bag. Two in twenty five games, yeah. Right, two in the bag. Well, moving on. Derrick Rose, man. Yeah. Did his did his did his thing. Did his yeah. little disappearing act. He got hurt again. Uh, to add to his his just litany of injuries that he's been sustaining, uh, all all lower body, all lower extremity injuries, yeah. and uh, he's walking away temporarily. Uh, he's not a part of the Cavs <clears throat> bench currently, and uh, at least at the time of recording, he may rejoin in the next forty eight hours. That's usually how this works. Right. But uh, rethinking his career in basketball might just be walking away from it, tired of being hurt all the time and is contemplating retiring, leaving a lot on the table. Because the Cleveland deal was just one season, whatever. He's walking away from a remaining six years and $103 million from Adidas. Those yeah, numbers, right? around there. Around there. Yeah. So he'd be walking away from that. It'd be a lot of money left on the table. But man, if you don't like what you're doing, I don't think any amount of money is going to fix that. And it's it's a shame because, you know, you win the MVP in 20... Or you get Rookie of the Year... You have that amazing series against the Celtics. You get MVP in 2011 after basically calling your shot in the offseason. And then really just slowly fade into being a punchline. Yeah. And so it's it's unfortunate to see. So what's your... uh, What's your take on the on the Derrick Rose situation? Because this is the second second time now he's kind of distanced himself from, from a roster. It's heartbreaking for sure. Um, you know, other thing you just mentioned, the MVP, the Celtics series. I mean, um, the, the back-to-back one seeds going to toe-to-toe with the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals before they take over. Um, you know, even up, unfortunately leading up to the injury in Philadelphia, it's you know it's it's been tough. You know, that was I we we thought we'd see that Derrick Rose forever, and we didn't get to. And not only were we as fans robbed of that by these injuries, he himself as a primetime player was robbed of that as well. Um, I don't think people really take into account with that as well. I, I really hate that there are people in this, I know this world's an awful place, but at times, but I really hate that there are people just mocking him for this because right. he has every right in the world to do that. Um, like you said, money doesn't buy everything in this case. Uh, he's made a ton of money, um, you know, doing what he's done. And he's a guy who's gone through a lot, not just on the court, but off the court. And, I mean, I remember you were the one that really got me into loving Derrick Rose because you showed me the campaign uh, for the, the return campaign press conference when he's crying about being the kid from Inglewood and he didn't deserve this, but he's so honored. And that's what won me over on that guy. Um, and obviously, you know, MVPs and stuff too. But that's what really made me enjoy him as a person, appreciate mm-hmm. what he really cared about. Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing a lot of this really – he's battling with potentially having this taken away from him. And it sucks because on the selfish side as a basketball fan, he'd be perfect for what Cleveland go- has going on right now because their bench is outstanding. Um, they're winning games based off LeBron and their bench. And then, you know, on the other side too, you understand, like, that guy's been through hell and back with his leg injuries. And this one was an ankle injury that turned out to be a little worse than we expected. Thanks a lot, Greg Monroe. But um, at some point, man, you know, you got to make the right decision, what's best for you. And if you're, and especially in the NBA, if you're not all in, you shouldn't be there. Yeah. And if, if your body's betrayed you, for lack of a better word, as much as it has with him, 
like, why keep doing it? You know, the definition exactly. of insanity, right? And it's, I'd almost rather see him go out on his own terms as opposed to being like, well, like, hey, you've had one knee injury too many. You can't play basketball again. You know, it, I would rather, I would rather see him just fade into obscurity for two years. And I, I know this probably isn't very likely just given the, the amount of injuries, but fade into obscurity for a couple of years and, you know, rehab, recoup, take care of your body, maybe not eat so much candy in your prime and, uh, and come back, you know, as a serviceable, like vet minimum dude for a team that'll take care of you and, you know, give you time to kind of like work your way back into the league. Cause you see, it's a shame because he's not the first player that we kind of see this happen to where like reoccurring injuries no. rob somebody of, you know, ostensibly a, a potential hall of fame career. You know, you see like Derrick Rose, Brandon Roy, uh, Hardaway. yeah, Greg Oden. You know, even Dwight to an extent, like players like that who whose bodies just can't handle it. Even until now, Joel Embiid until finally this year, right? And or really most of Philadelphia, but uh, it's it's sad to see because these guys come in with so much promise, and it's it's a letdown for the league because you know it only hurts the teams that draft them. It's a letdown for the fans. It's a letdown for each individual team. It's a letdown for the players who are just trying to do what they love. And yeah, for 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 anyone to sit back and I'm I'm going to paint with a kind of a broad brush here. I'm, this is it's not a damning statement, but I'm just going to say this: that if a player gets hurt or if a player walks away from a sport, if you're one of those people who laugh or mock or deride them. Or you're just like, oh, you make $13 million putting a ball in a hoop. You're not a real fan. Not at all. You're not a fan of the sport. You're not a fan of that player or that team or that organization. And you can be upset. That's fine. But don't take your anger out on a player or a situation, you know, because like you, you have no control over it. And if you're going to sit there and be a person who makes fun of a player for walking away, you know... Like, have some fucking empathy. Otherwise, like, you're... I I don't know how someone can be like, I'm an NBA fan, and then shit all over a player for a decision that they might disagree with. Dude, I 100% agree. And it's just so sad, too, because, um, you know, Derrick Rose is getting all this... I mean, for all the, everyone making these things, but, like, everyone's still completely okay with Blake Griffin, who misses at least 25, 30 games a year, it seems like. That's because Derrick Rose didn't jump over a car. Oh, right, silly me. But Blake Griffin didn't win an MVP either, now did he? Right. Hey, he came in third in voting that one year. Why, though? Okay, well, that's, not, that's a topic <laughs> for another time. That's a, yeah, that's a topic for another time. Right. But sure. Uh, even Chris Paul, man, he's missed like, his share of time, but no one's really upset with him. Um, well, I, I think it's because... Chris Paul comes back the same player. True. You know, like the 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 sword that's dangling over Chris Paul's head is that he can't succeed in the playoffs. Yeah. It's not, you know, he's worked through the injuries. It's Derrick Rose who, you know, hashtag the return to the hospital. Um uh, yeah. It's he he's the one that, you know, in the prime of his career coming off of, you know, just like one of the best Bulls rosters we've ever seen since, you know, the, the late 90s. 
coming out and blowing his knee out and then never really getting back there. That's the thing is you have the players that get hurt, but then there's the players that get hurt and come back and don't miss those steps. And Derrick Rose is one of those guys that got hurt and could never pick up where he left off. Even, even if he had a good season last year in New York or was having a, 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 a discussion of a speakable season this year in Cleveland, injuries notwithstanding, it's, He's not the same. He was a player whose injuries kind of robbed him of his abilities. More more of a Penny Hardaway, where he becomes a what could have been, you know, or what should have been. He, Derrick Rose will have a great 30 for 30 in five years. And that's the point, too. I think Penny Hardaway being a prime example here. One, not because he's my favorite player ever. Two, um, being that, you know... Look at the last three, four years of Penny Hardaway. I mean, there was that time you played for the Knicks. Do you remember that, Alex? Probably not, but I do. Um, Vaguely. Yeah. And then there was that tenure with the Heat where he got cut after 11 games. Right. Because he couldn't hang anymore. And that's a shining example. of If Derek Rose doesn't think he can do it anymore, look at what happened with Penny and, you know, just get out before you before things get worse for you. Right. But on the other side of it, I do think there's still a place in this league for if Derek Rose is all in. No, the injuries suck. You know, it's definitely terrible, especially in a situation like Cleveland, like I said, where he can go out there and run the second team with Dwayne Wade, and they'll be phenomenal against everyone else's bench. Um, his athleticism's still there. You saw that a lot this year. He can still get to the rim like no other. He's still really fast. So if he's all, if he's in, I hope he's all in. I want to see him play and see if he can really make a run of this, see if he can be on, that, be on a title contender. If he can't, that's completely okay. He's done everything he can that his body will allow him to do. He'll always go down as one of my favorite Bulls ever. So I just I want to see him play again selfishly, even though I know he'll never be D Rose again. Um, but I do, you know, also want him to do his best for him, his mental health, and his family. Right, because I mean that's they the the big discussion around it is the is the you know frequent injuries is is having a, quite the negative effect on him, like mentally, not just physically, you know. And if if dude thinks it's time to walk away, then it's time to walk away. And and we're we're no man to judge him. But uh, all the best, all the best for him. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see him again on the court. But uh, if not, I can't say I blame him. You know. Oh, not at all, man. Not at all. Um, let me ask you this. Sure. Do you think that like this? I'm gonna ask you this because you're you know you are bulls until you you are well, forever I should say you were bulls until you die until yeah. draft night 2017. I mean I believe in the tank. I, I had I yeah, had this discussion with my I had this discussion with my wife. I I just sidebar real fast because I was out in public wearing my believe shirt, mm-hmm. and uh, she goes and it's not the first time I've worn that this season, and she's like. She said she pointed out that she was surprised the frequency in which I'm wearing that shirt, despite how week after week I just completely, you know, slam my head into a cabinet, you know, into a right. cabinet drawer trying to be like, what are the bulls doing? You know, whatever. And I told her, oh, I, I don't like this team. I believe in the tank. I'm all in on the tank. Well, watching Marvin Bagley right now makes it really hard to not believe in the tank. He's amazing. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a situation where, yes, they could absolutely destroy me and betray me and and break my heart again on draft night. But right now, you're 3-16. and 16. You're losing to the Lakers. You're doing fine. 
You're doing everything we expected you to do. And that's fine. That is fine. Don't. Don't do what we expect you to do in the off season. <laughs> a year but, too late. I mean, I, I would not have minded having De'Aaron Fox play the point guard for yes. rebuilding Bulls, but you know, um, sure. But my but my question was, do you think now? I remember, Rookie of the Year MVP, Skills Competition winner, Celtics series, playoffs year and year mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Does Derek Rose's Chicago Bulls resume have enough for him to have his jersey in the Raptors? No. 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 He was too much of a problem towards the end. True. Yeah. I, I think I think but that's so was Scottie Pippen. But Pippen came back as, you know, like the team ambassador. He he retired with the Bulls. There was still that goodwill there. Scottie Pippen still had that goodwill with the organization. You know, True. He, he he still came back. I don't think you'll see Rose get his jersey retired anywhere. Uh I think he'll be a footnote. In kind of like Bulls history, he'll be... He'll be like Dwight Goodness to the Mets. I was going to say he'll be viewed more kindly than Ben Gordon. Who just got arrested again. Yes. uh, He seems like he's kind of going crazy. I feel real bad for him. But uh, I I think you're ten times more likely to see Kirk Heinrich's jersey retired than you would be to see Derrick Rose's jersey retired. They would retire a number one for Benny the Bull before they would retire it for Derrick Rose. All right. Okay. I see that. I, yeah, I understand. I was just curious what you thought on that yeah. because I think that, I mean, it kind of goes to, dare I say, Penny Hardaway again. Those three years of him being, I mean, this, that three-year run, there was never one better in the mm-hmm. Orlando Magic history. So that mm-hmm. four-year run, there was never anyone better than right. Derrick Rose. And I, I think also I think the the part of just kind of being a Tibbs guy hurts it too. I yeah. mean we we we've seen how petty the organization can be, but if you look, the Bulls are pretty sparse with their jersey retirees. You know they've got you've got Artis Gilmore, you've got Bob Love, you've got Sloan, you have Jordan, and you have Pippen. I don't think I'm missing anybody. Uh, Jerry West, but. Not Jerry West. No, not Jerry. Jerry Sloan. You said Jerry yeah, Sloan. Yeah, I, I said Sloan. Yeah. So um, you forgot Carlos Boozer. Um, mm, you know how mm, you, you forgot? Nope, you know? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. You forgot Ron Harper, uh, mm, John Sally. Mm, mm, no, Jalen Rose. No, but uh, <laughs> Kendall Gill. You, I, I think the Bulls are intentionally sparse with their with their jersey retirees for for a reason. One. Because you don't have the same legacy that you have as, like, a Boston who you have to, like, everyone on the floor has to wear number 66. Or, like, the Lakers. But, like, you're right there, but you're not them. And it's hard because I I think the bar is set so high for them. And I I think they would see almost retiring Derrick Rose's number as, like, a... Like, diminishing what else is up there. I guess, yeah. but uh, I, I don't think, I don't think he'll be maybe encapsulated in a nice like photo wall behind some glass or like a mural of some kind inside the United Center, but I don't think it goes beyond that. They'll do like a Derrick Rose thing where he'll show up at a game and they'll put him on the Jumbotron and they'll do the standing ovation. He'll stand up and wave and then sit back down probably. 
Yeah, they would have like a rose night in the unveiling of some sort of, you know, rose-based installation in the United Center. But I, I don't see him getting like a jersey retiring or like a bust or anything like that. Fair enough. Okay. I was just yeah. curious. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's, it's a good question. It's a fair question. I, I don't see it, though. Uh, speaking of frequent injuries, what the fuck is up with the LA Clippers, Tim? Bro, they are a mess. The Clippers of old. They came back to who, in the quote, the late great Dennis Green, they are who we thought they were. Dunks Lob City was a fun time. It was a great time, Clippers. And Clippers fans, I'm sorry, but it's gone. It's gone. So that huge contract you thought was a good idea to sign Blake Griffin to and have him be the leader of the show, well, he's hurt. Uh, you make that really good trade for Chris Paul where you get a lot in return, guys like Patrick Beverly. Oh, he's hurt. Um, you know, you get you bring over Milos Teodosic, who's a 30-year-old rookie who you're really excited about to lead the point, like, uh, share point guard deuce Patrick Beverly. He's hurt. Um, and now you got DeAndre Jordan sitting there trying to win games by himself. And, oh, my God, that's so such a bad idea. Mm-hmm. It's time. It's time to just blow this whole thing up, Steve Ballmer. Fire yep. Doc. Get Doc mm. out of there. Mm-hmm. Trade DeAndre Jordan somewhere before you're dealing with that and you lose him for nothing in a year or two. Um, you guys have nothing. You mean, play for the lottery. Play to be up there with the Bulls or the Kings. Try to get one of these Marvin Bagley's, you know, Miles Turner. I mean, not Miles Turner. Wow. Uh, Miles Garrett. <laughs> you know, uh, just one of these, like, big stars out there. These Michael Porter Juniors, things like that. Because you guys need a whole complete change. You're in. The, you're out of the LeBron sweepstakes automatically because of the you know of the, everything with this already chris paul is not going to go back there to play with lebron no mm-hmm. one wants to play for doc rivers anymore he was a mm-hmm. coach that got lucky by having danny angels and she and the mason trades for him to win a title sorry i'm just being honest like outcast like i i was gonna ask if you thought maybe like if we've reached the point now where doc rivers has overstayed his welcome in the nba yes there where was a I reason think... that he was relieved of gm duties yeah, I mean, I was going to say, granted, like, he was relieved of GM duties, but I think it's time to, like, maybe him step back into, like, an office role of some situation. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I I think he's definitely, like, a coach that's kind of like, okay, like, you're George Carlin, without, like, the angry white guy kind of thing. But in terms of being, like, the league's starting to pass you up, man. Like, mm, he's Byron Scotting. Completely, but you gotta think, man. Like, look at everything they lost, and they didn't fix anything. They didn't fill anything. Right, and you can't you can't blame him for the injuries. No, you know? not at all. But it's a situation where, yeah, like what was working isn't working anymore, and you can't take what was working into a new project without kind of adapting it. And and the Clippers are kind of in a new project stage. And yeah, it's not it's not looking good. Uh, again, they, they could get better. The injuries could heal. We could be good, but not every thirty plus year old rookie NBA player is Pablo Prigioni. And yeah, I don't I don't know what a what a what a rug to be pulled out from underneath of them. Well, I mean, like let's go back there. So instead of finding someone to fill the role of JJ Redick. They're like, Austin Rivers will do this, and he has not done that. Um, right. I mean, I know they're 8-11, and 11, but 
they, I mean, they've won three in a row going into this game, so props. But that was before, like, a seven-game losing streak. I, I still, you know, I'm not buying it. I still think they suck. And they always will suck. They'll always be the Clippers. They're the Cincinnati Bengals of the NBA. <laughs> they will always, 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 no matter how good or talented they are, they will mm-hmm. always ruin it for you. Mm-hmm. So please, DeAndre Jordan, get the hell out of there before things get worse and you get the injury bug also. I don't know, man. Maybe you can go like to Boston and play with Kyrie and Al Horford and Gordon Hayward. You guys can go dominate. I don't know. Just anywhere but there. All right. All right. So, so two centers have been brought up by us as potential trade people. Yeah. Now, there is a team that you like quite a lot, being uh-huh. led by a player you like quite a lot, uh-huh. named LeBron James. Yeah. As a Cavs man fan, <laughs> which center would you rather have? Ooh. Marcus Saul or DeAndre Jordan? Yes. No. Which one? Pick <laughs> one. I guess you greedy boy. Young and I guess we're gonna go the young and athletic route here and probably say DeAndre. Hmm. I like. Okay. I mean, the rebounding, the block shots. He can dunk. Mm-hmm. He can jump out of a gym for how tall he is. Mm-hmm. But you know, Mark Colesaw can hit free throws, and he's still mm-hmm. really good at basketball. He can stretch the floor. So I don't know, man. That's tough. But the true answer is, I'm not giving up the Brooklyn pick for either of them. No, no, they're not worth it. No, like no, because even 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 with Brooklyn kind of just hanging out, you know, low right lottery outside the playoffs, right now, yeah, they're low lottery. They're not, yeah, it's just not worth it because if LeBron leaves, you're trading away your chance to build with another good player. Right, and I think with it being low lottery, if, if totally talking out of my ass here, this is purely hypothetical, but like. I think you could mortgage that pick as a protect as a lottery protected pick. Oh God, for sure. Uh, for DeAndre Jordan, but I don't think you you do it for Marcus Saul because I think you're only going to get maybe three years out of him, and probably two of those will be okay. But I I would go Gasol in the situation. I I think he solves more problems for Cleveland than DeAndre Jordan would. Uh, DeAndre Jordan makes their weak spots better, but I don't think he fixes any glaring errors, and I would really just honestly like to see Kevin Love and Marcus Gasol play together. <laughs> oh my god, that's like, because you know, you know the, the rule is... The passing, LeBron the big the- white man passing. <laughs> you get LeBron and a bunch of shooters, and you're going to win a championship, right? Yeah, I, I think Corver has earned himself a permanent spot on He's LeBron's He's been great, hip. man. The, the, like I said earlier, their bench has been fantastic. Um, they've been They've been awesome. Channing Fry has played well for them. Uh, Alon Shumper, when he you know he's he's been battling injury, but he's played well. Um, but speaking of LeBron, to have my you know I gotta have some sort of LeBron conversation somehow, some way. Yes. You see today that the Sixers are gonna go after him because they're gonna have thirty five million they can offer him. Uh, dude, we've been saying that. How we have been saying. I know, that. You, dude. I don't think it'll happen. Sure. But Embiid's already tweeting at him asking if he wants to come to Philly. Right. Ben Simmons and him are buds. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be, if he leaves Cleveland, that would be so perfect and so fun. So th- this is what I want. Everyone that's listening that is near your PlayStation 4, your Xbox One, or your Nintendo Switch, take just take some time. Boot up your copy of 2K18 if you have it. Boot up your copy of Live18 if you have it. Put LeBron on Philadelphia. Just cycle through those jerseys and tell me how good it looks. Because I did that. 
and it looks real good. It does. And I'm a man all about the jersey aesthetic of a player dictating where they should and should not play basketball. And LeBron in Philly is just something I want. What would be the hashtag? Would it be Embiid VP or LeBrosses? Oh, totally LeBrosses. LeBrosses, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Because he's going he's gonna to take Embiid's throne of a uh, face of that franchise. Yeah, they're, I mean, I don't know, I know you don't, you haven't got a whole lot of time to watch games this year. Sure. Um, but they've been so fun to watch, the Sixers. Have no, they been. have. That they. I try to go out of my way to catch Sixers games when I can. Yeah, I'm, I'm really blown away by them. Um, I think they're going to make the playoffs, man. I really believe it. It's in them. They, they've done some impressive shit in Philadelphia, but to not stick too long on LeBron and Embiid, because that seems to be almost every episode. Yep. Uh, let's talk about LeBron. <laughs> he got ejected. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny. Uh, I, I wanted to touch on this quote from Corver, who uh, he said, It's crazy, when you play against LeBron, all you can think about is, man, this guy gets every call. But when you play with LeBron, you're standing there going, man, this guy never gets any of his calls. It's like Derrick Rose. Right? Yeah. Oh, man. It does. It's it's so funny because it was like, I went to a high school game last night, which, oh, God, I could do a podcast on how bad high school basketball is. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, obviously I was keeping up with the Xavier Baylor game. So, and I was kind of seeing there because I was seeing Kevin Love going nuts in the first half. And then it's like pops up LeBron James ejected, and I'm like, what the hell? And then I realized it was the first time ever, and I went, really? I mean, you guys played like fifteen thousand four hundred and forty-four games or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, I'm exaggerating, of course. Yeah, I think fifteen hundred. Yeah. I don't. Mm, that seems low. It does seem low, doesn't? It? Well, not counting the playoffs, of course. Yeah. Because you know, he, know he's guaranteed to play at least twenty playoff games. Sure. So, um. Do you want to touch on this real quick, talk on the other side of the finals, uh, a lot of people have expected, except for you, which so far you look correct again. I don't know how you do it, basketball messiah. But um, (laughs) the Warriors are starting to look human. And it's really interesting because I know they're 16 and 4. I mean, 16 and 7 or something like that. I think 16 and 4. Yeah, you're right. Um, But they're losing a lot of games you think they win. Um I think more or less, I mean, that Celtics game was kind of a shocker. 15 and 6 is what they are, actually. Sorry. Because mm, Houston's okay. 16 and 4. Got it. Um, but, you know, they're, it kind of feels like, and Steve Kerr was on Bill Simmons' pod, and he talked about, it, he's like, we don't have the, you can see we're starting to get tired. And it was just like this in Chicago when 96 we won it, 97 we picked up right where we left off, and 98 we got to a slow start. Um, now, I'm not writing them off by any means. No, no, are, no, you, no. are you surprised that they're kind of going through the motions at this point and they're not in full gear? Like, that Thunder game, mm-hmm. it looked like Russell Westbrook just took everything he was mad about out on them, and they won by 20. So, this is this has been my stance, and I've, I've hit on this a few times uh, in, in past episodes, where the goal, I, I think the Warriors can have the talent level... And not so much the depth these days that they used to, but they have the talent level to take the Spurs approach of the NBA season. And that's stay healthy and just get to the playoffs. They they know how good they are. 
And yeah. if they just, you know, not necessarily limp into the playoffs, but more so will go coast. If they just coast through these 82 games and get into the playoffs, their goal should be get whatever seeding they can get for a favorable matchup. I mean, nothing like worse than four. And stay healthy. Because once you get to the playoffs, you have to win 20-ish games, and you're good. And I think in a best-of-seven series, there's maybe Houston that could take them through seven games uh, in the West. And the, the talent level's still there. It's still Curry. It's still Clay, It's still Kevin Durant. It's still, you know, <clears throat> uh, Dream on Green. That hasn't changed. It's still Steve Kerr coaching them. I think this is just the year where they can take it slow. Their goal should be stay healthy and just get into the playoffs and then they can wreck shop, which I think is what we're going to see. I think they're going to, I think they are learning from what other teams have done, i.e. San Antonio. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, And, you know, I appreciate that Steve Kerr was pretty honest about it too. When he said that it was bound to happen, Um, you know, they could very well lose like, it's so weird to think that losing 20 to 25 games is a disappointing year, but it's the Warriors. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's, it, it, they have that, they have that night, late 90s Chicago Bulls feel where all the pieces make sense. And like you said, the depth necessarily isn't there on the bench. Um, you know, they've got the Sean Livingston's, they've got the Nick Young's and those are guys that are good players. Obviously Iguodala, uh, Jordan Bell, who I loved how bad Steve Kerr was just trolling the Bulls with that game. Uh-huh. Hell fucking yeah, Steve Kerr for president. But um, I think, though, you know, they do rely on a lot of older bodies. Um, you know, the David West is one of those, obviously. So I um, I don't know, man. I think that they're going to be fine, obviously, like you. I am not counting out the fact that Houston Rockets could very well give them a run for their money. Not saying beat them. Sure. But I'm also, and I'm not just saying this, like you said, as the guy that likes the team, but... I really like this Cavaliers bench, man. I really think they can really give LeBron a chance to chill a little bit. I know. I know you do. But uh, Houston, again, it's going to be health. I think Yes. from from their standpoint, yeah, they could do some damage, but it's just going to be about matchups and staying healthy. And they got off to, they got out the gate kind of bad with that. So we'll see. It's still early. We're a quarter of the way through. But I, I, I think Golden State's fine. Yeah, they always so, will be. That's why I wrote that article saying they'd be in the being the greatest team ever. Eh, arguably, they'll go down there. But uh, before we wrap up, let's just kind of recap this week where we put our own spotlight and dimmer spotlight uh, on parts of what's getting us good and what's getting us down in the NBA. So, Tim, who is impressing you? I'll tell you who is impressing me right now, Alex, and I talked about this in an episode earlier a couple weeks ago, but you just see the improvement now, and that is still, to me, Victor Oladipo, man. Um, he has really taken this like this Indiana thing and run, where everyone thought Miles Turner would be the guy and be the face of the franchise. Victor Oladipo has disagreed with that. Um, obviously, you know, we talk about this all the time, when your usage rate goes up, so do your numbers. But he has been so good for this team. He has really kind of put them in a situation where they're still around, they're still relevant, 
uh, albeit against in the Eastern Conference, but I really, really like what Victor Oladipo has done in Indiana. So, uh, in, on the opposite of that, what's what's got you down? I don't know when the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to really click, man. Uh, mm. We're seeing glimpses of it quite a bit, obviously. Um, like I mentioned, that Warriors game, and right now they're ninth in the West, but they're 0-5 in their division. They are 3-9 and in conference play. And, you know, they're kind of on a little bit of a skid right now. I think it's going to fit together. I really do. But those other guys they picked up that we were really excited about besides Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, you know, those Brandon Feltons, he looks, he's like incredibly out of shape. Those Patrick Pattersons who have been really bad right now. They had Steven Adams out for a little bit. And you're really seeing teams take it to them. And they aren't stepping up. If it's a big team like the Warriors, yeah, they're in it. But... You know, there's there's other teams that have taken to the wire. Minnesota's beaten them twice now. Not saying Minnesota's not good, but sure. with that group of talent and what they're trying to do, they're they're almost like playing down to their competition. Exactly, they are exactly yeah. playing down to their competition. I get you. I'm waiting for it to click too. I'm starting to think it's a Carmelo thing. Yeah, you're probably right. He's very big, expensive purse. But I wanted to highlight. It's not it's not one individual thing. I don't know if this counts as cheating, but I am impressed by the Eastern Conference. Yeah, man. I, I I have been waiting till we were a little deeper in the season. We're about a quarter of the way through. So I think it's time for me to highlight that the the Eastern Conference deserves the props that it's not getting. We spent the entire offseason just lambasting these 15 teams, just raking them over the coals and talking about the talent migration and the talent gap and, and the, the mass exodus, the, the, the West exodus. Why didn't we do that? But, uh, you know, the, the, the talent migration over to the West and all the trades that benefited the Western conference teams. Uh, but we're currently sitting with Boston at 18 and four Toronto at 12 and seven Philly at 11 and eight New York's t- at 10 and 10 Brooklyn's at seven and 13, uh, Detroit, Cleveland, Indiana, Milwaukee, all with winning records. Washington's with a winning record. Miami's at 500. Charlotte's three games below. Orlando got off to a hot start. They're eight and 13 now, and they or not or, uh, Orlando, yeah. And then Atlanta is four and 16. There's really only two yeah. noticeably bad teams in the East. Uh, everyone else has been, you know, pretty competitive. They're either above 500 or or close to it. Uh, so. It actually, in some divisions, the East is exceeding what the West is doing, you know, and uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm totally. I will say, I will make the hyperbolic statement that I am blown away by the Eastern Conference's performance through through our first, you know, twenty some odd games here. But on the other end of that coin, fuck you, ESPN. Again, Lay, laying off 150 people. This week, uh, all none of them on air personalities, which is you know not great. They don't have the best on air personalities these days. But all all behind the scenes guys, be more technical guys. You know your the production values on ESPN have gone down over the over time. Now they're laying off 150 people within a department that is hemorrhaging ability. And I think it's an incredibly tone-deaf move by ESPN. 
uh, you've seen, I don't know if you read this, they've been lifting articles from Reddit, they've been lifting stuff from the internet, uh, trying to, I guess, encapsulate meme culture in a way. I'm not sure, but ESPN is a very old, decrepit, dying horse that is still trying to race. And they are not keeping up with modern times, and they're making tone-deaf move after tone-deaf move. And, yeah, I, I am upset. I'm not a fan. I don't like what they're doing. And I know it's not directly NBA-related, but it's tangential, and sometimes I have to tangent about my tangentials. So fuck you, ESPN. Well, there goes me ever getting a job there. Hey, you didn't say it. I did. My opinions do not directly reflect the opinions <laughs> of 48 Minutes or its sister show, Court Stormers, which is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Nice. Ah, well. Ooh, on the dot. I know you see, Yeah, did you see that? It just went 48 minutes there. So, with that being said, let's wrap this up. This has been 48 Minutes, episode 20. As always, it posts each and every week on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you're looking for a college show, be sure to subscribe to our sister show, Court Stormers, to get smooth jazz Mike Canizales with your weekly NCAA takes with Taylor Bergfeld, who I still need to come up with a different complimentary music genre for. But if you like what you hear, please go to 48minutesnetwork.com. Check out our older shows. Subscribe. Give us five stars on iTunes. Help us keep the mics on. We love and are so much appreciative of your support. Uh, Yeah, that's all I got. So, thank you, Tim. Sean, we'll see you next week. Happy 15th birthday, son. And until next week, heal Hayward. And good evening.